Hey, this is Terry Weaver, and you are listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin. I'm an author, speaker, and a coach and founder of The Thing Conference, and I'm excited to be on this show today. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So glad you decided to spend some of your most precious resource with me today, and that is your time. So certainly glad that you're here. And as you heard in that intro, I have my friend Terry Weaver with us today. Terry, how are you? Man, I am good. I'm a little cold. It's a little chilly here in Nashville today. The winter time, but we're, we're hanging in um, and regretting not going to the beach a few weeks early. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Experiencing the same kind of thing here in Kansas City, which, by the way, we're recording this on January the 15th, and it has snowed about four to six inches outside here. So I'm understanding yeah. the cold weather and definitely a beach sounds a whole lot better. Yeah. Rumor, ha rumor has it that uh, at least using the bread, milk and egg index at the grocery store, rumor has it that that's coming our way as well. But uh <laughs> I've come to living in Nashville for the, for a little over the last 20 years. I've come to learn that the more they talk about snow, the less likely it's probably to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and this is this is one that's very much we're right on the old uh, could go either way line. So um, mm -hmm. it's currently raining, but uh, here okay. we are. We're here on uh, on a on a Saturday afternoon doing this doing this thing, and I've got some uh, strawberry lemonade and ready to go, man. Let's do this thing. All right, all right. Well, you know. Honestly, what I would love to do as an entre entrepreneur, I would love to be wrong as often as the weather people are. <laughs> and yeah, it's the paid. only job. It's the <laughs> only job where your accuracy um, doesn't really matter. What you know? What's interesting is I have a few friends that are actually meteorologists, and I mm. I follow some some of that a, a little bit. Uh, my wife's father was a helicopter pilot, so like, oh, you really couldn't have a conversation with him. Um, without the weather and he, you know, the barometric pressure and like, it didn't matter where I was in the world. He knew the weather there just cause that's what he, how he, that's, um, the, the weather channel was his news, um, <laughs> which is real strange because I, I don't watch the news anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did watch the weather channel the last time I was stuck in a hotel, um, a few weeks ago traveling and strangely somehow, um, the weather, the weather channel has even gotten political and I'm not even sure how that happened, mm. but, uh. Man, you know, and, and that's, you know, brings an interesting point, like the entrepreneur's mind. There's so much to distract us from what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. um, the world is noisier than it's ever been. You and I were actually kind of talking about that kind of in the pre-show about, yeah. you know, we go everywhere with our phones and, you know, we getting away is getting harder and harder to do. It's it getting hard, you know, regardless of how intentional you are, um, short of marooning yourself on an island and even then. You're starting to find Wi-Fi in those places. Um, I mean, I mean, even as simple as like going out to eat right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you used to put your phone, set it upside down, not worry about it during dinner. But now you got to like the menu is on your phone half the time now. And yeah, uh, yes. there's so much like tearing and like our attention and our because um, entrepreneurs like to like to fix things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's becoming very obvious that like 
there's only so much fixing we can do. And I, and I, I'm in a season of like, if I can't make a difference in it, I'm not getting involved in it. I'm not giving it like my mental mm. capacity or my energy just because it just takes away from the mission in the, um, in, in just, just drags you into a pit that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like I said, the wet, the wet, even it, you can't avoid it even on the weather channel, but, uh, yeah, that's true, man. It is, it's so weird, you know, it, not just for those of us who are entrepreneurs, but you know, even, even if you have a nine to five regular kind of job, you know, it's even trying to do your job is distracting because there's so many other things going on. I mean, you're, actual job if you were to sit there and break down on a daily basis how much you actually work on your job versus all the other side things that come into play most of us if you're talking about an eight-hour day which for entrepreneurs i know doesn't exist but just <laughs> pretend that it does in an eight-hour day you're lucky if half that time you're actually working yeah because there's so many other distractions which is interesting man we're in the middle of this you know great resignation uh, mm-hmm. and, you know my, my, my wife has a quote unquote real job and mm. oversees a hundred, couple hundred people. Um, and what's, what's real interesting is I w- we, we were at Dunkin' Donuts yesterday and there was a giant sign that just had 16 on mm. the outside of the building. And it was to signify that you could make $16 an hour Wow, working at Dunkin' Donuts. Now, my first real, real, real like career job was as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And I can a hundred percent confirm that I didn't make $16 an hour. Me either. Uh, um, my first youth pastor job, I don't know that I actually, um, I'm not very good at math, but I work seven days a week and I, I think I made a hundred bucks a week. Um, so I'm pretty sure I didn't make $16 a day, much less an hour. Right. <laughs> right. Um, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to do the math on that. It's too depressing when you think about it. And I, right. I, I didn't stay in that opportunity very long. Um, but I quick, I quickly realized I was learning, I was paying them for the opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, what, what's funny about that job is that the relationships that I made, because I had no idea what I'm doing, was doing mm-hmm. that some of those people, um, were my greatest mentors. They're people that I'm a couple of them. I'm still connected to or doing life with in some way. Wow. Um, I met McNair Wilson, who's a Disney Imagineer mm-hmm. that speaks at my conference every year. Um, Ken Davis and I met at that same, in that same season, he was. Oh, speaking at an event that I'm hosting here in, um, in Nashville for speakers and authors. Um, and so like that goes all the way back to 1996 mm. when I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was, you know, just out of barely out of high school working with high school kids. Um, <laughs> and, but the, the relationships have always been the thing that has sailed me through everything mm-hmm. I've done in every season. Um, the key strategic people that I've met and the people that took the time and, You know, you think about the fact 1996, that was a long time ago. There's probably a significant number of people that are listening to this podcast that weren't alive then. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's college, it's, it's, it's NFL playoff season. And I was listening to the, you know, one of the teams playing, I think it was Cincinnati. Um, They were, you know, it's been like 31 years since they won a playoff game. Mm. And they're like, um, there's only four players on the field that actually were born um, 31 years ago. And it's just crazy (laughs) to think about that, right? Yeah, it um, is. but yeah, man, some of those relationships and we want, we live in a, we live in like a microwave society. We want popcorn in two minutes and 22 seconds. Right. Um, and man, you know, relationships from 96 that I'm still benefiting from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if there's any advice that I could give to people around the idea of relationships and business and in life, 
is man play the long game mm-hmm. uh, get with people um yes. and and go long term and quit quit looking for th- someone as a as a sales equation of how quick that you can get something out of them Ugh. um and we've we've turned people into a you know a a, a spreadsheet or a, ma- a you know a, a metric or a or statistics yeah um and that's not that's not how life works man no not at all you know it, one of the things I know that has I, nothing to do with anything you ask me, but that's just where kind of my head went. Oh man, um, but that's that's so good. I'm so glad we're talking about that because it it made me think of because I had a couple people contact me this past week uh, asking me about some of the coaching that I do because there are people who are wanting to start their own business but haven't yet. And I'm like, okay, so I started asking them about things like, have you thought about what do you sell? You know, and I got various kinds of answers, and I'm like. Well, first of all, that's tangentially correct, but really you sell you first and Mm -hmm. foremost. I said, but it's really not even selling. It's about, as you just said, it's about establishing relationships with people. I said, if you really want to sell somebody something, you're going to have to contribute to that person in some sort of significant way 10 times before they're ever going to think about buying anything from you. used to be three times. Yeah. Um, But I I, I won't argue that it mean that. Yeah, it it takes that long. And of course, they're, you know, I got these ghost white looks on their faces like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, I'm not. I said, yeah. but you can't think of them as someone who's going to put money in your pocket. You have to view that person as an actual person. Where you can have a real relationship with that person. Even if you do have transactions that happen, it's still someone for whom you care and that you right. want to know about that person. Because if you don't, if you don't view your job is not selling, it's serving. If you're not truly serving them, don't start the business. Do not do it. Now, the flip side of that, though, is the sales process is actually serving people. Transactions Mm -hmm. can serve people. Um, Yeah. I've tried to help people. The people that I've tried to help and there hasn't been a transaction, Mm -hmm. um, especially from a coaching perspective. Okay. um, People are only invested in in their life as they're invested actually with their money. You know, we invest our time, our talents, our treasure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, we do, I mean, the people that have, I like, I mean, I had two or three people that like, we went out and got scholarships to come to my conference this year and they just didn't show up. They said they I'm wanted to come. That. No, no. I mean, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Be sorry for them. Don't be sorry. That's what I am. I am sorry for them. I'm sorry that yeah, they didn't like, show up and they didn't get the benefit of being there. Yeah, but dude, I mean, that's the, and, and that's, you know, and I, and I, I had a real aha moment the night before the thing, I got a call, um, from one of our speakers. That's like, dude, I met someone who's here, um, and they're going to be sleeping in their car tonight. And I thought about that. I'm like, wow, you drove to Orlando, Florida. This person lived in like somewhere in the Midwest mm-hmm. and they realized that being in the right room with the right people to build relationships and to get strategy was so worth the investment that it meant if they had to sleep in their car to get it, that that's what they were going to do. Yeah. Now, granted, I had an Airbnb that week with an extra room. So we were able to like, ain't nothing to get them a, a, a space there was, was we totally had someone who, mm. you know, with, with all the stuff going on with the COVID and everything that was easy. It was easy to find someone who was able to come at the last minute. So we were able to oh. have, <laughs> you know, a bed for them and it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it really didn't even quote unquote cost us anything. Um, but the, 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 the weight of like, of that hit me real heavy that man, there are yeah. some people who will, who will literally run through a wall for what they want. Yeah. And, and John, I think it comes down to one thing, man. I think it comes down to clarity. 
Mm. I think it comes down to, I call it the Spice Girls rule. Okay. You know, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> and the sheer volume of, of leaders and entrepreneurs, and especially creatives, um, have no clue what they want. Mm. They have no clue. They're just wandering the desert with no destination in mind. Mm. And, you know, for me in the phase that I'm at with business, I feel like one of the things that I help leaders do is I draw, help them draw maps. Okay. Um, and it's one of the ideas I used to talk about Seth Godin in the book. Um, and Seth, Seth's kind of a hero and I've been lucky enough to have him on the podcast. Mm. But Seth talks about the, how the world re- re- rewards not people who follow them, but people that draw them. Mm. Um, that, you know, most of us go places that are uncharted and most of us are doing work that there's not really a manual for. Um, but you know, most leaders are leading and trying to launch these businesses and launch these brands and ideas are literally a lot like, you know, all of us in college and we got in the car with no real destination in mind. Yeah. Um, and that works when you're in your teens and twenties. Um, (laughs) but I don't know, I don't, I don't know when the last time you took a road trip was John, but the last time I did. I regretted it with every bone in my exist of my existence, <laughs> um, from my lower back to my leg that fell asleep, my mm-hmm. non-dominant foot. You know, like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like yeah. it's just like you know, we stopped at a gas station, and my wife was like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, um, "I can't move this leg right now because we've been driving for six hours." <laughs> you know, it's it has stopped thinking and it's attached to my body. Give me a second, <laughs> um, and dude, you know, like. So many of us are driving through life with no idea of like what we're going for and what we really want. Mm-hmm. Most of us are like, you know, are like sixth grade students trying to copy off somebody else's paper. Yeah. And dude, that's, that's not the way to win in life. Oh. You, you need your own destination. And we all, you know, we all try to read books and we try to find these things, but most of us have pretty big, pretty big things that we think we want, but we, we're not really clear and we definitely mm-hmm. can't articulate what we want. Okay. Um, and you know, in, in my work of coaching, that's, that's what I'm finding. I'm spending, you know, I would say it's in the high nineties of percent wow. of the people that I encounter that don't know what they want. Um, you know, they may say something they want, but it, it, in the end, when you dig, when you dig a layer or two deep below the surface, that's mm-hmm. not what they really want. What they really want is freedom. They want yeah. time freedom. Mm-hmm. They want, um, and then then the next step is getting those wants and desires to align with actions. Mm, sure. Um, because a lot of times that's really where everybody, if, if you didn't fall off the, uh, off the rails, then this is where you go is your, the things that you say you want and the actions that you're taking don't aren't in alignment. They're not, mm. they're not, you say you want this, but that's not, you know, your, your mind and your body are going two different directions. Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is, you know, you, you kind of alluded to, like, there's no such thing as a 40-hour um, week for entrepreneurs. But why is that? Like, why have we bought in the hustle culture so much? It's true. Why, why have we said that, like, success is busyness? And I'll be honest, yeah. man, the busier I am, the least successful I know that I'm being. That's um, a good point. And the more space that I'm able to create and the more margin that I'm able to create, Mm-hmm. Um, the more success that I know that I can create for myself and for um, my clients. And I, and I know, dude, that there's seasons of like, I always say hustle is meant to be a season, not a way of life. Yes. Like, I yes. know leading up to events and I know the process of like, we had to kind of make a pivot with our hotel for our 2022 thing event in November oh. in Orlando. Mm-hmm. The last minute. So like it required like an extra trip and it's required me to like drudge through contracts and negotiation and oh boy. ask for things like, 
it was, you know, it was probably 90, 90 to 130 extra hours of work that I had no desire for. <laughs> but right. at the same time, I was able to sell some coaching services along the way. And, mm, you know, mm -hmm. I, w once I realized that something wasn't exactly what I want, I'm going to do what I can as a leader to turn it into wins. Right. Um, and so like, I have a bunch of clients that happen to be in Orlando. And so like, I was able to turn it into like, okay, well, I'm onboarding you to my coaching problem program. I'll, we'll, we'll do your like onboarding day there and get you going and get you a plan and get you your map, get you a destination. And so we did some of that, and, you know, it's, 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 it's just really interesting about how much of like, you've heard the word pivot a jillion times in the last 18 months, True, but it's weird that everybody acts like that's a new word. I mean, adapting is <laughs> leadership is always adapting. You know, it's you're always adapting to what the market says and to mm -hmm. what your what you want and actually what you what your clients want. And yeah. then when you realize when those things aren't in alignment, you're like, well, well, thanks for coming, man. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I would recommend, you know, I, I very seldom do I just send somebody on their merry way with a good luck. I typically say, right, you know, more often than not, what they really need. Uh, rather than a coach is uh, a therapist. Oh, uh, okay. You know, like, man, the mental, the mental health of leaders right now is, is, uh, man. And dude, dude, this is hard stuff that a lot of us are doing. Um, you know, I, 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 and I, especially people who are in, in, in the coaching space, Yeah. um, is, you know, you're kind of like the concierge of a hotel where everybody mm -hmm. drops their luggage off in your lap. Um, and you know, there's only so much storage room for other people's luggage. <laughs> um, this, the, the downside of that, the other problem with that is most of us haven't dealt with our own luggage. And if you haven't dealt with your own luggage and your own baggage, oh, well, um, you're gonna, not going to have room to help anybody else. And so, yeah, man. So it's a, it's an inter it's an interesting, this work we get to do is interesting, but it's also challenging and like every new season and every new group of type of person that you kind of begin to serve, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it requires more of you. It requires more learning. It requires more study. And, you know, I'm reading and investing in coaching and um, learning more now than any other season of my life. Mm. Um, I spent more last year. I was actually looking at the end of the year on coaching and attending things and taking courses that I ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, I mean, I mean, I've been at this a while, but that doesn't mean I've achieved, um, my peak. Uh, right. And, um, and I, you, know, you find, you find that when you start to hang out with older people too, mm -hmm. that they, they're not like just waiting to die. Right. <laughs> they're still learning and reading. And like, um, I just took, uh, I just took all of my elite coaching clients through, um, the beginning with the end in mind, mm. um, process that's in seven habits of highly effective people. Okay. And, um, it, I kind of got triggered a few weeks ago when Donald Miller posted his eulogy. Oh yeah. And, um, so a bunch of my coaching clients, I've had one quit actually over it. Um, I've had them writing their eulogy mm. because if you can get that clear about what you want, about what the outcome of your life is, mm -hmm. it makes it a whole lot easier to work backwards and start drawing a map to get there. True. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on this new kick for seven habits of highly effective people. I'm like, why is it that like a high school? Why aren't you reading that in ninth grade? Mm -hmm. Why is it that a class <laughs> in eighth grade? Well, there are, there are reasons for that. <laughs> no good ones. No, 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 no. I'm not saying there are. I, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that our education system as a whole, uh, we train kids to be 
mindless brain dead drones and to become employees. That's what we train them to do. That's what school does. Yep. We don't train them to think, let alone figure out ways to do something new and different. If you're an educator, do me a favor. Google Seth Godin, Stop Stealing Dreams. It's a free PDF download. Absolutely amazing. Mm. It's kind of his love letter and his like scathing <laughs> call to those who have the potential to shape kids' futures. Sure. But I think there's a lot of parents and a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of parents were awakened in the last 18, 24 months of like, wow, this mm -hmm. is a complete dumpster fire that my kids do. And the parents that didn't do the like, let's go to like online class, but just like got the curriculum and looked at the curriculum. It's like, wow, we knocked that out in two hours and 46 minutes. What are y'all doing for the rest of the day? And so, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a real interesting thing that parents are going to have to start asking themselves about, you know, what do you want to prepare your kids for to, for in the world? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, we're kind of at the end of, you know, the industrial revolution's kind of over. Yeah. I think retail is going to be reshaped through this. For sure. I mean, can, how, can, can places like how, how much, how automated are places like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts? And McDonald's going to be mm -hmm. if an employee is worth sixteen to twenty dollars an hour. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, um, they did they did that in the uh, in the automotive industry. Yep. So they could easily do that in that industry. Yeah, and it's and it's now granted, like the automotive. I think we've all seen the new version of Willy Wonka, and if you haven't, the Johnny Depp version of where like yeah, you know, the guy gets laid off and has to come back and fix the robot at the tooth at the toothbrush factory. <laughs> You know, like he gets and he has to learn a new skill. Well, that's kind of what's going on in the world, right? Like you, sure. you've, um, and you know, automation's coming in more ways than ever. AI. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I have a couple of friends that have written books all through AI. Mm, okay. Uh, like literally just typed in the, their book outline and used the site on the internet and have, you know, 60,000 words. Um, wow. You know, like, and, I mean, even like people like you and I are kind of becoming like, ooh, who needs, who needs authors anymore? Like if a, if a AI can write it, well, I mean, I think we know the answer to that, but, yes. um, but that being said, the shift that I'm helping people do for the, for 90% of the people I serve is helping people shift from getting paid for what they can do to getting paid for what they know. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Allowing their knowledge to be paid rather than their like, you know, getting paid for their, for their man hours. Right. Um, exactly. And I, you know, in the pandemic, um, and I also got, I got really sick. I don't think, it, I, I don't know what it was, um, but I got really sick last year. Um, mm. Kind of spent a couple of months just laying around being sick wow. um, about a year ago. And I spent a lot of time just asking myself, man, what, not just what do I want to do, but what I, what do I, what do I not want to ever do again? <laughs> and it's a good question. No, I mean, really, I mean, not just what, what do you want to be in? Now, what do you want to be when you grow up? But what do you want to not spend your time on? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think leadership leaders ask questions of people that require them to go, man, I, I don't know the answer to that right now. Um, I'm going to have to go sit with that. I'm going to have to go marinate mm -hmm. in that. And so I marinated in that because I had nothing else I could do. <laughs> um, luckily, I had a coaching practice that allowed me to kind of skirt through that and still serve my coaching clients. And um, but instead of like having a full day and taking a mastermind call, like the mastermind call was the only energy I had for the day. And that was it. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I had three or four months of, of, of that level of energy. Um, wow. I mean, really kind of from like March through mid June was really that. 
Um, but it gave me a lot of time to assess and to learn and read and watch Mm -hmm. horses and, and ask myself a lot of those questions. And, and like, I tore down some things that I was about to, I was, had almost built ready to launch because I was like, man, I don't want to be the deliverable in this. I know. Okay. I know that my, what my genius is, is my mind. Like, Mm. um, and I really, I've really leaned into the, the idea of gay Hendrix is the zone of genius. Yep. And excellent book. Oh man. Uh, the, is it, is it the leap? Is that what the book is called? Yeah. The big leap, the big leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, and I kind of took that project and threw it at the blender with like superheroes. Oh, okay. You know, in my head and like, looked at like what makes, what makes people heroic? What makes people, um, you know, kind of bulletproof and what, what are people's kryptonites? Yeah. Um, you know, what is it? What are the four zones? The zone of ge- the zone of genius, the zone of excellence, the zone of, I oh, know you're uh, going to ask that. There's, there's the zone of other ones, the zone, the zone of competence and the zone of incompetent. There you um, go. Okay. And mm-hmm. dude, the so percentage kind of, of pe- order. So yeah. Yeah. The, there's the people who are acting. I mean, we went, I did an assessment on probably a hundred people. Mm. Um, just kind of a, like you tell me and I'll tell you kind of thing. Like what percentage are you acting in, in, and no one got above 10%. Wow. Um, you know, a lot, and a lot of us operate, the world wants us to operate in like the things that we're really good at, but not the things that we're like mind blowingly good at, because those things, those things often serve people. It's like, you know, people who are great graphic designers, but often have another, especially in like create in creative work and in, you know, the work of like the arts and stuff mm-hmm. that, um, it's really easy to get bogged down on the things that we're just, we're good at, but we're not, we're not above average. We're not remarkable. We're not, we're not, we're not world-class at. Right. Um, you know, and, and food is how a lot of, one of the ways that you can tell the zone. That's one of the, been the easiest ways I've had to explain the zone of genius. Okay. It's like, you know, Cracker Barrel makes decent Southern food, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call it like mind blowingly. Okay. Like, you know, but if you go to like Sean Brock, who makes, you know, who world famous or Bobby Flay, like they are world-class chefs mm-hmm. who create experiences around ingredients, ingredients. Sure. Um, and I want to be that kind of person that creates, you know, things that are world-class things that are, um, whether it's books or experiences or coaching relationships or whatever I do, I want things to function in like, wow, there's no way AI could have written that because that's, I'm all over that. Like, yeah. Um, I'm the secret sauce. And, mm-hmm. and that's not to say there aren't a million things that Terry Weaver is good at. I mean, I can do graphic design. Um, I, I'm, I, I could run an organization. Um, I might run it into the ground, but <laughs> you know, like, um, just because I tend to be pretty like, hmm, let's break something today. Um, mm-hmm. um, cause I tend to be a disruptor. I, I kind of have been that since second grade. So like, okay. Um, and I think, I think almost everybody in entrepreneurship has this like, class clown disruption kind of like you're trying to make noise in your field and you're trying to like you're trying to poke at the status quo a little bit when you agree like what aren't you yeah. trying to aren't you trying to do that and you're like you're trying to make some people who are um craig rochelle prays this amazing prayer a lot of times before he speaks and i love it you know that that god would you would you make the would you bring discomfort to the comfortable today Mm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that you would, that those of us that are living our life in a comfortable way that you would bring discomfort to them, <laughs> not like mm-hmm. harm, but like, man, <laughs> that's right. a little bit and feel a little like, unco- you know, yeah. Um, because we get so complacent in our lives. And I think that's what so do. 
I think that's what the last couple of years have done to so many of us as they have, the world has realized their jobs weren't as secure as they thought they were. And mm -hmm. um, the economy wasn't as secure as we thought it was. And like, you know, the, we're, we're you, know, you and I were talking about this strange, strange shift from web 2.0 that we're living in now to web 3.0. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even know what half of these words mean. I, I couldn't, ex <laughs> I couldn't explain an NFT or a Bitcoin to a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> but here's the, here's the reality. A four-year-old will probably be, be able to explain it to you in a year and a half. Good point. You know, and so we're shifting, we're shifting. The world is, we're in a shift right now. And, um, if you either need to be prepared for some discomfort or like ready to like adapt and change and shift and. We've all had a great practice in that. So now it's time to like ask ourselves what we really want and get really clear about that and then go after it. For sure. For sure. So you're talking about helping people uh, figure that out, figure out how to get that whole thing about getting clear on what it is that they want and how to match that up with, you know, what they're good at. How do you help people do that? Man, it just depends on how far we are off the target. Okay. You know, like, um, I've spent a lot of time delving into learning just the processes that go into frameworks. This mm -hmm. last year, I've probably studied frameworks more than I've studied anything else in the, in the last year. Okay. Um, but what's interesting about this one topic is it's kind of a combination. What I'm trying to do, what, what any great coach is, is they're, they're your speed option. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're hiring a coach because you don't want to make the mistakes that, that, that they did. And, you know, people always say, well, you should hire a coach that, that does, that is where you want to do. And it's like, yeah, you know, most of the people that are, are where I want to be, I don't want I don't want any of their advice because <laughs> most of them, most of them couldn't tell me how they got there. They just got there. Okay. Um, it takes a very special person. I mean, you think about the, you know, we're in playoff football season. This is going to be released during the playoffs of the NFL. Mm -hmm. We just came off the college, college. How many of those players are going to go on to coach professionally? Not very many. Right. Now, now some of them may be coaching, you know, your your kids' little league team or whatever. Well, that's not the same thing, right? Right. And so, you know, do you want to learn how to throw a football from Peyton Manning or from Bill Jones, who played at you know Smith Junior College? <laughs> right. 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 Um, and just because, and here's the flip side: just because Peyton can throw a ball, that doesn't mean Peyton can tell you how to throw a ball. Absolutely, that's true. Um, oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> like, um, in fact, I, I know enough. Some of the Peyton worst Manning. coaches are former players, right? Peyton would probably, honestly, who I've been following, and I've always followed this dude because there's just something about him that fires me up in a good way. Um, and he has one of my favorite quotes, and that's Deion Sanders. Okay, you know, he has one of my favorite quotes is that you know, in, in, unless unless your dream is bigger than you are, there's a real problem with your dream. Oh yeah, love that. Um, and Dion is Dion is coaching a traditionally all black school. Yeah. Um, and just, man, I, he's recruiting. He just took the, a top recruit. Right. I don't even understand what that means in college football, but oh, like, oh, it's a, he, it's a really big deal. Like this, the, 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 I think the quarterback he got is like the number one quarterback in the country right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, that's not, it's not like, and that Texas just State doesn't and, happen or like, you know, the bull Georgia Bulldogs or UCLA or Notre Dame or Michigan. Right. This isn't a, this isn't a team that's going to make the. Um, well, and that's the thing is I think he's trying to shift them from being a team that has never been in the conversation to potentially moving into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask, you know, how, how do I do that? I mean, the, the real, the real specific answer is how far we are away from the target and how much they know. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, and for some people, for some people, it, they're just missing one puzzle, puzzle piece and I can quickly tweak it and we're right there. Thanks. Some people you realize though, man, like, whoa, you, you think we're putting a puzzle together, but what we're, what we're really doing is we're playing, playing Monopoly. You've been trying to solve the wrong, play the wrong game. And that oh, one happens okay. a lot. Mm, There's a lot okay. of people that, like you even mentioned that earlier, right? That you think you're in this business. This is what you say you're doing, but what you're really doing, um, you know, I, I think every leader's in the business of community. I think every leader is in the business of influence. I think every leader is in the business of learning to, 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 to step into knowing and being able to do more. And by do more, I not mean like more stuff, but like improving those skills that you do have that are amazing, you know, going from a nine in your zone of genius to a 10 or 11. Um, and what the world has us do is they try to have us fixing our things that we're on a scale of one to 10, our twos and our threes. Those right. things, man, I, I don't even fool with. I'm outsourcing all that <laughs> stuff now, right? Right. Um, and that's where the thing is. It's like you learn. And here's the other thing to why that why, the, why that answer is very it's very hard to answer that question for you, John, is because it takes a while just to get people to be flat out honest with me. Oh, that's you not have, just true with you, man. That's across the board. But yeah. you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Yeah. I know that. I know that. I know that's. I, I know that for sure. That it's not like they're trying to lie to me. But here's the reality: is they're lying to themselves and they don't know it yet. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And so you've got to be able to weave through the process of like, so what I hear you saying <laughs> is this is what you want, but man, I don't see any actions in your life moving towards that. Are you sure that's what you want? <laughs> you know, and, it, and, it's, and it's where I go back in that, that, that phrase. What I hear you saying is, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we get to that, then we can start to map out like, what are the steps? What are the things? And a lot of times they're super practical. And sometimes it's like, wow. Um, we're going to have to rebuild your whole life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most people start building. I mean, I'll mention one of, one of my clients this last year, you know, she thought she was going to like, you know, have a really successful um, program to train lawyers mm, mm -hmm. uh, or to train, um, not just train lawyers, but to really help entrepreneurs know how to navigate the, the legal pitfalls of owning a business. Yeah. And in that process, she realized that's not at all what she wanted. Yeah. What she really wanted to do was help people through their trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so through that process, like what she wanted on January 1 and what she wanted on December 31st, or excuse me, what she said she wanted on January 1, what we were working towards is completely different than what we're working on right now. Gotcha. And uh, that, that is a mutual friend of ours. So I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's in my coaching groups, and, you know, like, and, you know, I've, I've helped her hire other coaches because we had to mm -hmm. get through. We had to get through the weeds, man. We had to get yeah. through the process of like, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. And, and sometimes I know that it's like, you know, I, I, I'll use the Dr. House analogy sometimes because I realize sometimes it's like, okay, we need to bring in a brain guy. <laughs> you know, we need to bring in a, a profit guy. We need to bring in a, 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 I'm, I've gotten out of the business of trying to be all things to all people. That's good. Um, and I feel like a lot of what I do is I run, I, I'm, I'm, um, whatever Samuel Jackson's character is in the Avengers. I assemble heroes. Okay. I assemble heroes. Well, you're, you're kind of like a general contractor, really. General well, contractor no, see, that never does any of the work. But see, he brings that other people who have specialties who do. Right, but that's, I, I, it, that's, that's, see, here's a good, here's a great piece of clarity. Okay. I want you to make sure you under, I want to make sure you understand that I'm not a general contractor. Oh, okay. I, I am, there's a big difference between going to like a general practitioner and going to see someone like Dr. House, if you've ever seen House, he's the guy that always figures out like, oh, 
that's what your doctor said you have, but what you really have is this. Um, he's a specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I thought I, and, and one of my things is I thought what I wanted to help, I thought I wanted to be a general practitioner. Okay. And they just like, Hey man, you need to go see a neurologist. Uh, you need to go see it. But what I do is I'm more of a, like, I'm, I'm leading the charge and then I'll bring in a specialist to do something really specific. Okay. And then we'll keep going. Um, mm -hmm. because what I'm finding I enjoy the most right now is going the long haul people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing clarity sessions with people where we're just trying to get through it quickly, but you know, I mean, what most of the people that I want to work with are people who want to do this long haul. They want to go, they want to go that, you know, to your, just to get, to get in the Disney world a little bit that I live in. They want to go mm -hmm. the distance like Hercules, you know, they want to, they want to, they want to see this through to the end. They want yeah. to see these goals actually become achieved. And that's where the fun thing is. Um, and I'm not, I'm looking, I'm not looking just to help people through a short season. I'm looking to be here, um, to the long haul and to serve them and to help them and to move them from, you know, we talked about that I host a conference called the thing. And one of the things that my goal is, is as soon as you come, I want to move you from the back row of the stage. Mm. Um, now granted like, that's a horrible business model. Um, <laughs> right. But, right. But there's a lot of. There's a lot of work that you can hire me to do to help me get you there, um, mm -hmm. which is why I don't believe you should just have one business. You should have a portfolio of things that you do. Uh, I, I love Seth mm -hmm. Godin's, uh, not Seth Godin, Jeff, Jeff Goins, um, the name of his podcast. I don't even know if he's still doing it right now, The Portfolio Life, um, that we should build lives that are portfolios, like our investment portfolios that they have, mm -hmm. you know, stocks and, you know, accounts and IRAs and all these different things. And I think in business, you know, you need, you know, you need to build this portfolio of things that you're really great at doing. Um, and because I'm ADD, I can't just do one thing. Um, <laughs> I'm the same way, but not because I'm ADD. Yeah. I think that's the worst advice in the world, though, when people say, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean, you know, Mike McCallowitz has the pumpkin plan, which is brilliant. Um, you know, the Kellers have is the one thing, um, essentialism, Greg McNown, but all of those sound like they're counterintuitive to like doing more than one thing. But what they really are clear about is the fact that you should really, you should really know what matters most to you. Yes. And not to let everyone else's agenda for your life get in the way of, you, of, of your actual vision and calling for your life. Um, and that's really, I think what a lot of us have to spend a lot of our time on is making sure that we don't become, you know, you mentioned the workforce, most people in the workforce, you mentioned they don't work because most of them are just going to meetings and responding to emails. Ugh, yes. And then maybe getting to 90 minutes of actual work a day. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I mean, I, and it's true in the hotel industry, man. It's like, I mean, I told us the say one of the salespeople I've been working with, I'm like, listen, blank name. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you actually sell anything. Cause y'all are never, y'all are always in a meeting. <laughs> You're into sales. Your only job is to be on the phone with me and to sell me something. Right. And to serve me. That's what your, uh, your meeting is a waste of your time. And so like, and that's, that's, that's for a minute where I get distracted. I'm like, yeah, Terry, you could go out and help corporations figure that out. But I'm not passionate about that. Yeah. Yeah. I get, that. um, and so, um, I really don't want to help, you know, Hyatt figure out how to sell more hotel room. Um, <laughs> but, and that's, and that's, and that's where you start to learn, learn clarity. That's not to say if Hyatt didn't call me tomorrow and say, would you help fix this problem? I, if the, if, if, if the opportunity aligned with my schedule, mm-hmm. And it potentially had, if there was a win for it in me, I would do it, but sure. Um, but just, and just because you do it once doesn't mean you're going to do it repeatedly and make it your new business plan. Right. Right. Um, sometimes it's fun to take stuff like on like that, like just cause it's a challenge. 
and right. it's different and it requires you to do that's where the consulting piece comes in in my life where it's yes. like oh we get to come in and we get to play for a couple of days and we get to do something and then we get to walk away and it's somebody else's problem right right uh, exactly you know that's where that's where coaching and consulting typically has um a differentiator for me because when i'm coaching mm-hmm. I'm typically we're going the long haul we're going the season right. you know our goal is to get you to the super bowl every year mm-hmm. um exactly with consulting i'm typically it's like you're bringing me in for a specific season and then for the most part i'm going to give you a to-do list that you're going to have to hand to somebody else to get it all done right we're not doing any of this stuff for you we're not building the website we're not building the sales page mm-hmm. i'm gonna t- i'll tell you who to hire but you're gonna have to figure <laughs> all of that out right right um, right i'm just gonna come in and talk really loud and give everybody a headache and then you're going to have a lot of problems to solve (laughs) right um but that's a lot of you know but problems to solve like in a good way like we're going to identify what's actually wrong Mm -hmm. and you know and that's really you know back to your original question john is a lot of people just don't even know a lot of people just don't even know what's wrong like they're come they come to you as a coach and they just don't know where to start they know what they think they want they know what they've seen in somebody else's life Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, my former life, I was in the music business, you know, and everybody wanted to be Britney or Justin Bieber or whatever, the, whatever their industry version, you know, they want to be YouTube or whatever, you know, they want to be, you know, in my case, it was, they wanted to be Switchfoot. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I always responded, I was like, great, let me tell you what Switchfoot did. They got in a van, um, that had a bunch of miles on it and traveled and played for small shows for 10 years. So go do that and call me in 10 years. I was like, well, well, it's like, well, that's the path. <laughs> right. Like that's the hard work that it takes to get, to get there. Right. Um, most of us are looking for shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there are, there are definitely some like hacks and shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, the, it's just do the work, right? Show up for your people, talk about what you care about, find people who care about that same thing mm-hmm. and go from there. Right. Now you talk about, uh, creatives a lot, Terry. Um, just in your everyday conversation, it just comes out. So do us a favor. And would you define that term? Man, there's a hundred ways we could define this. Um, could you try? <laughs> it's not even really a word, which Mc, my, or my buddy McNair would remind me that it's not even a real word. Okay. They're, they're not creatives, they're creators. Um, okay. But, but I use it as to, to define a group of people that are, you know, at its core. I'm t- when I say creatives, I'm talking about people who are in the process of making things. Mm-hmm. Whether that's art or music, mm-hmm. which is art, um, right. you know, Seth Godin would argue that anyone that's making anything is shipping art. Um, I can see that. Um, this is art. Um, it is. Yes, absolutely. It is. But, I didn't used to think that I do now, you know, and I, and I, I think we've, we've, we're on this weird, like bubble of like content creation and like art. Mm-hmm. And there's both of those industries are kind of fighting. There's been a, there's a really popular singer songwriter named Chelsea Cutler, um, who kind of lost her poo poo this week on Instagram in the best way possible. Mm. Um, and she basically said, I'm not really interested in doing like TikTok dances for you. I just want to make art. I just want to write music. Mm. Now, now I get the like sexy part of that, but the other part of that's like, that's kind of part of your job now. Uh, like content is your, and you don't have to do TikTok dances, but you've got to find something right. that connects with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you know, I mean, I'm not dumb, but I'm, I'm smart enough to know that sometimes we say these things to get, a, get attention. We, we, <laughs> we start these conversations because we really are trying to, um, and, and the more influence you have, the more the ability you have to shift things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, um, you really can't do anything and avoid social media 
right now. True. Um, I, I know a few people that are doing it, but they're doing it at the expense of leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars of, in revenue on the table. Mm. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. Right. Um, uh, just because it looks like all, there's, there's things you're going to have to do, but you know, you could spend a, a day, a quarter on creating social media content and never think about it the rest of the year. Um, we have exactly. clients that do that. I mean, there's, if you're willing to take the pictures and, you know, spend four days a year on it, you yeah. can pretty much bake it and set it and repeat it. If, if, if there's clarity, right. If you know right. <laughs> what content you're creating and who you're creating it for. Exactly. Yes. And, um, the dangerous part is when you go much more than three months out is what you want might change too. Or that and, or the relevance of it. Right. To any, to people outside of your tribe, because, you know, anybody who's got a tribe of any size is always trying to expand the tribe. Well, the tribe doesn't expand with people who are already in it. It's got to be people who aren't in it. Yeah. So we got to do stuff that's at least somewhat appealing to them. Yeah, man. And that's, dude, that's such a, that's such a battle right now for all of us, right? Like it's, we're trying to define this, like, you know, fame is an illusion. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've, I've made people famous before, you know, I've, I've watched them walk across the stage of the award shows and get the trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, I know artists that have literally storage units full of that garbage. Right. People that you know and your 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 kids would think are super cool. And I could tell you which complex all their stuff is stored. I mean, sure, the Grammy sits on their desk, but you know, the Billboard music, uh, all of those other mm-hmm. random, you know, the the Nickelodeon, you know, <laughs> right. the, all of that right. stuff. Right. Like it all mm-hmm. ends up in a box. In a box mm-hmm. or like in a set to, um, you know, a podcast studio or like it, it ends mm-hmm. up, you know, in your manager's office. Yeah. Um, but dude, there's, there's, there's work that we all have to do outside of what we actually want to do. Um, and I think that the, the, the kind of the scariest thing I'm seeing right now in the, in, in the entrepreneur space, is like, dude, there's an element, like I get it, you know, like Tim Ferriss told us we could all have a four hour work week, but what he really said is Regardless of what you do, your job as a leader is to make the time that you spend doing on what sucks the least amount possible. And so Tim Ferriss kind of said that you're going to, that four hours of, most of us see the positive side of that. But what he's really saying is you're going to spend four hours a week on garbage you don't like. (laughs) You're going to have to scan in receipts for your accountant. You're going to have to create content that you may not want to create. You're going to have to reply to emails or, or at least tell someone else enough information so they can reply on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is no like automated autopilot. There is no, there is no passive income. At some point, you've got to be active in something, right? Um, now that, that now that doesn't say there are things that I do that that make me money when I'm sitting on a beach, right? Like I mm-hmm. have some things that are like that. But at some point, either I've done work to get to that point, or I'll have to go back when I get off the beach and do something. Gotcha. You know, yeah. like um, and I think you know. I, I think it's the, this, I still don't know that I've answered your, your definition of what a creative is, is because I think it's, I, I, I think that's a real hard, I use that word and I, and we use a lot of, we all use phrases that mean something deeply to us, but we're not sure what they mean to other people. Right. right. Which, you know, like I would say you're creative, John, you may not, you know, you're creating content and writing things and, you know, telling stories. And does that mean you're the next Picasso? No, but you're doing work. You're doing work that is allowing people to do what creative work does. It's really in the business of multiplying. Mm. It's in the business of multiplying joy. It's in the Mm. business of multiplying hope. 
Yeah. It's in the business of multiplying information and knowledge, um, multiplying ins- inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could go on on what it does, right? Like oh, yeah. you're you're basically anyone that does here. Here's a good definition. If you're a creative, you're someone who's creating sparks. Mm. Like the, you know, the old like history channel version of like a metal grinder. Yeah. Like there's, you know, the spark is coming off the metal. Mm-hmm. That, that, that just means that some, somebody has to get close enough to a creative to get ignited. Yeah. Whether that's a gasoline or a spark on a dry leaf. Yeah. Um, both of those things are fuel for fires. For sure. So. We'll go with that as our definition for creatives today. Okay. I may okay. call you tomorrow and say, that's a horrible definition. <laughs> but I think for today, it, it, it's someone that's a creative is someone that's making sparks. Okay. Because it goes to the same thing. If you take it, it's not sparks. It goes to the same thing as someone that's making noise. Hopefully it's a beautiful noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, none of us can help someone who's silent. We can only amplify someone that's already making noise. That is an excellent point. I like that. You know? No, you know, I mean, that goes back to, I used to tell that to artists when they'd sit in my office and play their songs. And I'm like, that was an amazing song, but it doesn't help anyone until they hear it. So what are you willing to do to get this heard? Yeah. And, and, you know, that means doing some things, you know, years ago, it was hitting the road and going on a radio tour. Now you don't have to go on a radio tour. Cause you know what, who listens to the radio? When was the last time you listened to the radio? You know, that time when your iPhone wasn't connecting to the, your car stereo for 30 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't listen to the radio unless I'm sitting in the car in my wife's car and she went in a store with her iPhone and I didn't bother to connect my iPhone. I'm rarely listening to the. I mean, we went from a, a season of like, I mean, I even have serious radio in my car. And I still don't listen to that because it's the same problem. It's the same 19 songs over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to podcasts and books on tape and music and playlists that I love. Right. Exactly. Because all radio is, is just a playlist that someone, someone made for you. Exactly. Exactly. So Terry, you are also among the many things that you do. You are a podcaster and your podcast is called Making Elephants Fly. So what, why have a podcast podcast like that and with such an interesting title? What's behind that? Uh, what's your format like? What do you do with your podcast? You know, and I don't say this to anybody that's thinking about starting a podcast, John. The sentence you just said is one of the most powerful things about podcasting. It's your podcast. Mm. The only person that's making the rules for the Making Elephants Fly podcast is Terry Weaver. And if Terry Weaver changes his mind, he has the complete permission to change the format, the style, to do whatever. <laughs> My format is mostly interviews like we, you and I are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Making Elephants Fly was really born out of, I wrote a book called Making Elephants Fly. You can get it at terryweaver.com. Right here. I know, I've, I, I know I've signed I know I've signed one and addressed it to you. And I happen to have a few more. Oh, oh, uh, and... I, I will, by the way, for anyone who gets this far in the conversation, the first person who tags both Terry and myself on Instagram takes a picture of them listening to and or watching this particular podcast will get a free signed copy of Terry's book on me. There you go. Look at, look at you, John. Um, and, I, and you know what I'll do? Because why not? Like, let's raise the stakes. All right. I'll take one of I've got a closet full of like. A lot of them are signed. Some of them are not. I've just my favorite books. Oh, okay. And I'll throw in another just random book with it. A book that I think um, would 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 be beneficial to them. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you. So, I, you know, one of the things you do get because we've had, but we have sponsors at our events. And so you end up, I have a locker full of just books and things that make great <laughs> giveaways. Um, 
So depending on who they are and what they do, I'll try to find, I'll try to find something fun that ties to what they, what they do. But so nice. Ty, I guess then I'll know who it is. And then, then I'll, then I'll know to send them something special, but absolutely. We'll make that happen. You know, you know, the thing, most of what I do is interviews, John, uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast. Most of the time, it's just me talking to somebody for about an hour, like doing what we're doing. Um, and then every now and then I, 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 I should, I have a format that I just call conversations I'm having with myself. Mm-hmm. When I literally, I'll just share like whatever my inner dialogue is like, which is a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't share them a lot because I only do it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at being consistent. I've had the, some ups and downs of podcasting in my life. I, I I'm a co-host on a couple other shows. Mm. And so like, I'll go through a season where I'm just like, man, I'm taking a break. Mm. Um, and like, I've got a bunch of batch content. I've got some really great episodes that are kind of in the can that are, that have been edited and they're about to be released. Nice. Um, some, some exciting guests coming out and, um, mm-hmm. but man, just always, you know, it really was born out of writing this book and these conversations I was having with these people, mm. um, and went, man, it'd be so cool if I started to share the conversations. Yeah. And so the first, all the people that I talked to when I kind of interviewed for writing the book, I said, Hey, I'm starting a podcast, you know? And so like, I went out in the first 15 podcasts, first 15 or 20 episodes where people like that Lee nice. Cockrell and Jeff Goins. Tim Sanders, John Acuff, these people that I knew kind of from being around in proximity to you for doing what I do. It kind of went back to them and said, Hey, can we do a podcast interview? And some of them like Lee Cockrell ended up being two episodes. And I think he's been on the show like four or five times now. Wow. Cause he's done like, he's done live, some lives at our events. We always try to do a live podcast interview at my events. Mm. Um, just cause it's fun and it's a great way to get more interviews in. Sure. And I try to get the, I need to do it. If you try to release every week, which I'm, I'm horrible at, I'm lucky sometimes if I get them out a month, but I, I think this year we'll, we'll get, we'll get a much better clip going as we get into the year. And, um, but I mean, podcasting is just a lot of fun and it gives you a chance to talk to people on the flip side, man, people who would never take my phone call <laughs> but because yeah. I have a podcast. It's like, Oh, well, I'll, you can ask me whatever you want to for an hour. Right. And so, you know, I've definitely taken advantage of that and, yeah. um, you know, podcasting is an interesting place because some people are trying to like do it, you know, so they can just get into the space. And it's like, you know, you've got to really want a podcast to podcast on a consistent basis. That's true. Um, it's a lot of work. You know that, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and I've, I, I don't do the edits or any of that stuff anymore. And that's sort of what I'm kind of at this like phase of like, I'm building teams around me mm-hmm. to solve all the problems that I've had to solve and figure out as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm trying to repeat that process and make it available for other entrepreneurs. Nice. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of things that we're kind of working on just trying to help other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, be able to do the things they want to do, but just seem overwhelming. Yeah. Um, because what you do is you start to do things for people and they're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, you don't, you don't know how to do that. That's, I could do that in my, you know, I could do that in my sleep. And that's the truth. That's, 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 that's what's monetizable about what we do is um, there are things that you and I can do in our sleep that are, are keeping other people awake at night. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, and not, and there's a certain place that you have to scale it and know what, know what your limits are as a leader and know what your time limits are. And, you know, sure. I'm in a phase where I know I've got to bring in a team around to me because like, I'm not the guy to like run the pro the project management on something. Mm. Like, I know that's not a good use of my, of my gift, but I, I, I know the right people to do it. And I know. If someone can run it, I can tell you all the tools and the pieces of it. And so it's going to help us be able to serve entrepreneurs with their courses and their podcasts and their, um, you know, outsourcing stuff mm-hmm. and just being able to, you know, to you take advantage of the stuff that you, we've had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really one of the things that I think I want to see more entrepreneurs enter the idea of just things being easy, or mm. at least with some ease. Yeah. Um, because so many of us have, have reserved ourselves a seat in the struggle bus for too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> and true. this should be fun. This should be enjoyable. It should be life-giving. Um, I, I love the Derek Sivers, um, who used to run a company called CD baby. Um, he's written a couple of books. He's, uh, on Seth Godin's, um, he has a great book on, on called anything you want. He's got a couple of new books coming out. Mm. Um, and one of them is it's hell yes or hell no. Mm. everything we do should either be a hell yes or it's a hell no. Okay. And so many of us do things that are like, um, you know, I, I could do that. Not like, man, I have to do that. I get up in the morning and that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm trying to like shift and transition to like, those are the only things that I'm, that it, that's getting significant periods of my time. Oh yeah. You know, I think I, I heard it from, uh, you happened to mention him earlier, Craig Rochelle. He has a leadership podcast, which I've talked about on here many times. It's, the leadership podcast I listen to every month when it comes out because it's so good. But one of the things that Craig talks about is when you know your stuff so well, it makes it easier to say no because saying no to the wrong things makes it easier to say yes to the right things. Absolutely. And we should be saying more no's than yeses. Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> now you we, you alluded to it before and you talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about the thing. Now at one point the thing was it was really kind of like a double conference. You had like the main conference in Orlando which takes place in November, but then you had like a mini version. I think you call it the thing mini. The mini thing. And it was in LA. Yep, and uh well, you know, California um, it's kind of California hard over the past couple of years. Uh, it has. Yes. Uh, and in all, honestly, I did a count of the last people that were in the, the thing, um, LA mm -hmm. over half of them are my neighbor have moved to Nashville. <laughs> literally half the people in the room. The last time have literally moved here. Uh, oh, wow. Paul Klein is yeah. not my neighbor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Katrina stone has moved yep. from, uh, Burbank to Nashville. Okay. Uh, Missy Day, who's there, I know who lives in Vegas, but I know she's been here in other cities, kind of looking to move away from the West Coast. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Who else I know that was uh, Ian has moved to Dallas, didn't move here. Mm -hmm. Just different, different ones of our tribe have moved out of LA, and so, um, and honestly, man, California is not a very business friendly state. Uh, Good point. And uh, we, so we just, it's not, it's not a headache that we want to. Have so we actually are kind of moving. We are going to do two events in 2022. Okay, um, there will be a mini thing in. Um, we were we were kind of taking the mini thing and making it bigger. And oh, we're yeah. going to do okay. one of those in Nashville. Okay, we're kind of in the early stages of doing a uh, a thing a tour. Um, and uh, Casey and Op are definitely uh, one of my favorite places in the country. So nice. We, we we make we may even come to your hood. I don't I don't know if we'll get that pulled off in 2022 or not. Um, that, okay. may, that that may be too much of a chunk to bite off. Um, we do have one of our one of our people that was in LA has moved to wine country or, or oh. Paso Robles, and we may actually go to his business and actually do a thing there, still in California, but it'll be in his business. So, gotcha. He may bring us in for like a one day thing, but yeah, man, we have. Mm. And the thing really is this: it's um, you know, I was going to call it the Assemble Conference. Um, because I've been to so many conferences and I didn't know how to put anything together when I left. So I kind of wanted to help. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to help people put it all together. 
Mm-hmm. And I just sat with it and just, it never, it never felt right. Um, it, it was kind of inspired by like Ikea, right? Like you get an Ikea and it's like, okay, here's this manual and I don't know what to do with it. Um, and so McNair, who I've mentioned, we had a phone call. He's like, why don't you just call it the thing? It's like, everyone's just going to talk about it. Like go to Terry's thing, go to the thing in Nashville, go to the thing in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started digging out. It's like, well, everyone has a thing. All the people that we want to serve have something that they do, whether they're an author or a speaker or a leader or an entrepreneur or a business owner. Mm-hmm. They have this big dream that they want to make real. And so let's give them a place to come together and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we originally said creative entrepreneurs was kind of the primary person that that event was for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of expanding a little bit beyond that. Um, Nashville is going to be specifically for speakers and authors. Oh, okay. Uh, and people who really want to grow their business in the areas of like podcasting and um, platforms and communication um, and writing. Um, so I'm super excited about the Nashville event. That'll be in June. Um, no tickets are, by the time you get this edited, tickets may be on sale. So wow. definitely, definitely pay attention. We, we're, we're about to officially announce that one. All right. Um, and super. Uh, I would announce it today, but I, I think I don't think I think there's one domain that it, the domain that kind of gives it all away. I think I is still sitting in my cart. I don't think I bought it. We, we did oh, buy okay. the thing Nashville, but yeah, we're definitely coming to Nashville just because it's here. And and I've intentionally avoided doing events in Nashville mm-hmm. just because at the time when the thing started, Jeff Goins did an event here, and everybody was doing an event here. Oh, and almost okay. all the people have stopped doing their events here. Okay, and so uh, tribe conference is over. True. Um, um, I can't think of the, the guy's name, the, the, the podcast answer man. What's, the, what's his name? Um, he does a conference and he was doing it here. Oh, um, they were all face. literally at the fact. They were all literally at the factory. Um, and, you know, Ray Edwards was doing a conference here. It was just like, hmm. man, we don't need more conferences here. But, you know, we did kind of a test version called the Thing Barbecue last last oh. July. Okay. Just kind of, um, <laughs> I had been sick and like a lot of my people were like, we want to hang out with you, Terry. And I'm like, I don't want to go very far. And so like, I was like, <laughs> And two other people said they were coming here for um, our buddy, Mike Brennan was like, well, I'm, I want to come for the 4th of July. And then two other people was like, well, I want to come to the 4th of July. And so we just ended up with all these people here. And my wife was like, uh, they're not all coming to our house. We should have this somewhere else. And so uh, we rented out my favorite barbecue place. Oh, okay. They have a conference room, but we're doing a three. It'll be three total days. If you come to the full event in Nashville. Um, and let's uh, see if you do the full VIP and then, um, uh, yeah, man, just really just serving people and trying to help them. Um, Ken Davis, who's the, who, who's the legend, is the, the back to that. I mentioned that in the 1996 conference I went to. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was 95, fall of 95. I, I met Ken at that conference and took Ken's class on speaking. At the time mm. it was called Dynamic Communicators Workshop. Um, and so um, Ken's going to be teaching on public speaking and, you know, crafting a good talk. And that's in that, and that, and that theory applies whether you're doing, um, a talk or a webinar or a business meeting about mm-hmm. you, ha- you have something that you want to convince people of. Okay. I want to kind of switch gears just a little bit and talk a little bit more about, not that we haven't been talking about relationships because we have, but to be a little more focused on it right now. So what I really want to know right now is what is it that you're doing right now to build up or to grow your most significant relationships, whichever ones you deem those to be, and what impact did those relationships have on your business? Well, I'd say it was, it, it was twofold. It was on one side, you know, what's been amazing about the thing is the amount of people that I know that have come to speak, to contribute. Um, and a lot of those relationships came from podcasting. Okay. It came from, they were on my podcast and it's like, oh man, I'd love to speak at the thing. Really? You'd come to the thing? 
Um, and you know, I think relationships have been the key to, to my success in every area of my life. Mm. Um, and my wife wrote a blog post on, on, on my website a couple of years ago. That's still one of my favorite pieces of content ever. Um, and she was at a place as a leader where she was trying to outsource a bunch of things mm -hmm. and she had made the mistake of outsourcing relationships. Oh. Um, because so much of what, when you, you know, at the time she had, um, her program has kind of shrunk, but at the time she had almost 600 employees. Oh, wow. So you've got to outsource some of it, but you can't out, you, you can't outsource relationships, especially key, the key ones. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, we mentioned Craig and so, I mean, and, and I, and I think if there's anything leaders could glean from scripture is the way that Jesus led, he had this big, massive, most of what you hear about is, you know, feeding the 5,000 people. But what he really did is he led 12 people really well. Mm -hmm. And all of us want, you know, that feeding the 5,000 influence, but not all of us are able to invest in people at a deeper level. And that's, that's the biggest shift that's happening relationally for me right now mm -hmm. is I'm getting really strategic about who's speaking into my life and who are the people that I'm serving at the highest. Um, and obviously there's an investment on, on different, on, a higher investment on both ends of that not just financially, but of time. Absolutely. And so I'm getting really strategic about who I'm able to help and who I'm able to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, and just in the, in the, in the, in the people that I, um, I mean, I mean, you've heard me, all of the names that I've mentioned that I've brought up have been people that have poured into my life. And, mm. um, you know, you can go to the thing website and look at all the speakers that have been there over the years. They've been key relationships. And that, you know, what's interesting about key relationships is they, they're not, they're not, they're not deep every day. We have a very small group of people, but there's a sp group of people that you can pick up with and just go at any time. Yeah. You know, I, I can go six months without seeing McNair and we'll be on the phone for hours, right? Talking about what we're doing and talking about how we can help each other and running ideas by each other, you know, and that's the same thing with, you know, I feel like that way when I get in the room with Mike Kim or my buddy Roberto Candelaria or um, Paul Klein or, you know, and Paul's just, Paul's just moved to Nashville. So we see each other a little more frequently, but you know, we have the ability to get around these people and connect deeply and invest in our time together. And I'm, you know, we do so much of this online. Uh, I'm, I've, I've kind of been challenged by a few friends. I was like, did you need to get real serious about what's happening in Nashville in person? So we're, we're mm. kind of kicking some things around and there's a lot of us that are here, yeah. but we don't intentionally get together that much. So I'm trying to change that for a small group of us. And Good. I don't know what that means. Um, you know, um, you know, I lead masterminds, but I think there's, there's a thing that they do at Pixar called the brain trust, okay. um, which is where the highest levels of leaders get together on a regular basis, just to like be each other's brains. Yeah. Um, and it's different than a mastermind because it's only at a, like a, it, it, it's, 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 it's only the elite of the elite. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not just anybody. It's very specific. Sure. Um, and I think in a mastermind setting, the diversity of people in their jobs and their, in their careers and their paths actually helps um, drive that forward that people come from different places and different, mm. if it was just a mastermind for online entrepreneurs, it'd be really boring. But when you get someone that's in there that kind of has some different things, it kind of, it, it goes back to that word. I love disrupt. It mm. kind of, it kind of brings a little discomfort and a little, when well, I, what do you do? Mm. And, um, yeah, man. So, you know, rel relationships, I just think are there. I, I, I double down more every day on, on, on serving people in investing in relationships. And I'm at a season now I've crossed over 45, you know, I'm at a season where I'm, I'm welcome moving. to the club. 
I'm moving from multiple. I'm moving from addition to multiplication. Okay. I'm wanting to be involved in raising up leaders. And some of, some of my shift in who I serve is the solution to that problem is raising up people under me mm -hmm. to serve those people instead of me or serve those people alongside of me. Okay. Um, and if I'm not raising up leaders, I'm not, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not recreating more leaders, you're not doing anything as a leader. Very good point. You know, and, mm -hmm. and that requires structure and it requires a little extra work. But if you really want what you say, if you really want to do this, these things, and these things aren't for everybody, but I know they're for me at this season mm -hmm. that I know that I'm going to, going to need to build some structure because it's going to allow me rather than, you know, just kicking people out, out, out of my system and going, man, good luck with that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Lose my phone number, if you will, but really truly being able to say, hey, man, here's this whole thing we've created for you in a process. And as you begin to level up and as your revenue levels up, then you'll, you'll I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to be a little harder to get access to just because my time is becoming more and more valuable. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the other thing is I think of the relationships we, we start, you know, I, my little brother was born when I was 18. So we've gotten mm. to navigate, um, especially in this social media generation, you know, we live in a land of checks and likes and um top friend lists and we want to accumulate relationships like they're collectors cards yeah but what we right. end up was just with a bunch of shallow people that we are acquaintances with mm -hmm. and we have very 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 few deep relationships so you know if there was anything i was doing in the area of relationships is it's investing in the deep ones um and really trying to really go deep with some people um and really get deeply invested in their success um, and seeing them win. Nice. So what is one habit that you believe every creator slash entrepreneur absolutely must have? Habits are a weird conversation for me, much like goals are a weird conversation for me, because I see a lot of these things that come, that come up and they tend to be abusive in people's lives. Okay. You know, we, we talked, you and I kind of talked a little bit about the idea of failing versus failure. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to combine your next question. I think you're about to throw Great. is, you know, I think your job as a leader is to fail really quick. Mm. If I look at my friends that are incredibly successful, they are failing at scale. Mm. And I think my answer to your question is, is you should just be in the business of doing things so frequently and so fast that you're able to fail, adapt, you know, I say the world changed when Steve Jobs released the first iPhone. Mm. I don't know how old your listeners are, John, but I know you're old enough to know the answer to this question. The, I don't know if you remember the first iPhone. I do. It's, it was a piece of hot garbage. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't have any context to this, the very first iPhone, there was no app store. Um, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it was basically like carrying like AOL, like slow dial-up internet in your pocket. You couldn't really get on the internet <laughs> with it with you very much. You know, the camera was, was useless. Yeah. Um, you know, you try to blow up those pictures, you could print them like, you know, like a wallet size print. Right. <laughs> you know, right now the camera on my phone is better than my, you know, thousand dollar DSLR. Right. Um, that I bought a year ago because the phone's outpacing anything else just because the, I mean, they're, if you, and if you notice what Apple does is they are constantly people like, there's not a lot of changes. Well, just because they're constantly iterating. Mm. A Apple is in the habit of creating and improving and creating and improving. They're going to make the hardware as good as it can get. And then they're going to come around and fix the software as it goes with it. Mm. And Apple blows it all the time. I mean, I've, I had a computer brick earlier this year. I mean, it was fine. They took it in. They fixed it. I lost a couple of files. No big deal. It was a relatively new, like one of the fancy new M1 Mac minis. So I use no. in my studio side of things. 
Mm-hmm. And like, like it literally like was doing a system update and bricked turned in. It might as well have been like a paperweight. And I took it to the Apple store and they had it fixed in 20 minutes. Now, like I said, I lost a couple of files. Now you can look at that as a complete failure, right? Or you can look at it as a company that's moving so fast that they know. That's why I also turn off automatic update on all of my machines. So I know that I only do updates, right? Yeah. I don't, don't do an update before a major interview. Yeah. I was doing, yes. Good point. Uh, um, but, you know, I think the habit of failure, man, is one that we ought to really invest in is because most of us aren't. I don't know anyone that's moving too fast, John. I don't know anyone that's like going so fast. Most of us are moving so slow and thinking about it. And so like looking at our, you know, like we've all made our word of the years and like, eh, you know, I've got a word of the year too, right? Um, I mean, we've all done all these things and we've gotten like our goals and our like three things you want to get accomplished today. But man, just get out and do what you want to do and do it. And if it doesn't work, fix it and do it better the next day. Mm. Um, and that's the beauty that most of the work that we're doing now. I mean, and don't be afraid to like print it and move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, that was the hardest part for me about writing a book is calling it done. I think it's the hardest part that anybody that writes a book, especially if they self-publish it, because there's no one demanding that it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the publishing world, like you have a deadline. And once you get past it, they take it away from you. And then somebody else finishes it for you. That's what happens. Um, and so like be done with it, move on to the next thing and keep creating, um, you know, ideas that don't get acted upon don't help anybody. Oh, good point. And um, the things that we're not willing to fail at and dude, I'm, I'll, I'll fail. I've probably failed two or three times in this podcast. I probably answered a couple of questions wrong, <laughs> but um, because I want to try, I, I want to try to move it at, at a different speed in a different way so that I can get on to the next thing. And I, at the same time, be very, very present in the moment. If there's anything, you know, Steve Jobs' iPhone has gotten in the way of doing is of being present for things. Yes. And like most of us are like, be, are, are spectators in our own lives. Like we're just watching it go by. Mm. And I want to be very selective on the things that I, I be, because I'm getting really clear on what I want. I'm able to get really selective on the things that I'm willing to do and the things that I'm willing to spend my time on. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, doing podcast interviews is one of those things. I, I mean, mm. I don't say no to them. So if you're listening to the show and you want me to be in your podcast, call me. I'll do it. Like, I don't care if you have seven listeners. Um, we, we all get so fancy, man. We get so fancy with like, <laughs> oh, man, you know, like I saw so-and-so influencer do this. And then, you know, you end up with people with personal assistance. And it's like, you know, I have a coaching client that's always trying to contact me like has a personal assistant, I'm like, you know, you have my cell phone, right? Like, <laughs> like you're spending all of your time with me that you pay for me to like coach you and help you by your assistant telling us that like, just text me and say, can you do lunch on Thursday? Your assistant doesn't need to send me that email. Um, and we try to use, we try to use tools like, and we don't know how to use them. So we just, we just do stuff. We don't, it's not things that actually make it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, there's a lot of like things like an assistant can do a lot of things that you can outsource to other people. Right. But be smart about it and be strategic about it and um, figure out what actually works for you. Um, and the only way you're going to know that is if you're willing to fail. Exactly. And then when you do fail, apologize, fix it and move on. For sure. You know, the, the way I look at it, Terry, and I've, I've said this several times on the podcast before. So, folks, if you've heard this before, I'm not going to tell you to ignore me because don't do that. I don't think that's a good idea, but I'm going to say it again. Anyway. But if you keep saying it again, it must be really important. I think it's important because I I think there's a big difference between those two things. Failing means I'm taking a risk. I'm trying something new. I did it wrong. And now I have an opportunity to learn from it. To me, that's failing. Failure, on the other hand, is a state of being. 
It is a choice to stay exactly where I am and not move forward. Now, between those two, Terry, someone in the first camp, I can help that person all day long. The person in the second camp, I can't help that person because they've chosen to stay stuck. I can't do that. And that's a decision. Absolutely, it is. I love this. One of my favorite like things is One Hit Wonders. Mm. And I love the band Chumbawamba. <laughs> I remember them. Yeah. And they have that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. And, 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 and now everyone has that stupid song in their head. <laughs> but I'll never forget this. And it's stuck with me for years. And, it, and I'll tell you, when I say Jay Leno, that tells you how long ago it was, right? <laughs> but I remember them being on Jay Leno. And they came all out of white t-shirts and black ink that literally just said one hit wonder. They knew that was it. They knew their game was up. Wow. But their whole thing was just to tell people, get back up. Mm -hmm. Get back up. You're going to get knocked down, but get up again. You're going to get smacked around. Man, get up. Um, I actually have a client that's kind of working on a whole movement around this. I'm excited about it. Oh, okay. Um, but man, like life hits. And the only thing that's actually an actual failure is if you stay down. Yes. Um, and dude, I mean, I doing school assemblies for years, like you get in the trenches with kids and see kids dealing with like real pain and real hurt and like real trauma and like man you know uh, we've experienced it at our live events lately of just like people deal with real hurt and real pain mm -hmm. and like you can either hang out there and make a i love what bob goff says that we should not um that camping is fun but too many of us have set up campsites as place to live mm. we camp out when camping is meant to be like something you do for a night and then you move on right. a lot of us camp out in our failure and we, we move it, we move into our failure. We build mm -hmm. up, we set up camp rather than just like pitch a tent and leave the next day. We build encampments. Um, and you know, you, you end up dwelling and wallowing and, you know, like much like a pig would in their own slob slop. <laughs> right. And you end up, you end up on like that cycle that you can't break. Yeah. And a lot of times this stuff is a lot of times the things that we've done to try to help us that they can be the things that knock us down. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I find goal setting for a lot of people can be really traumatic if it's done wrong mm. um, because they beat themselves. I've had, I have several clients that beat themselves up tremendously over missing a goal or a metric. Mm. And it's like, dude, learn from it and then proceed. Like don't camp out here. Like if this is it, this was a moment, it was a failure. You didn't do something. What can we learn from it? What do we need to do better? Let's fix it and move on. Um, and we may have discovered this is something we hate doing. So, you know, we're going to we're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> so then it's a victory, right? Because now you get to look now that thing that other, everyone else would say was a failure. Um, you know, I mean, the idea for the iPhone really came back in like the, the there was an old device like 20 or 30 years ago that Steve Jobs tried to create that eventually kind of became the iPad. The I, the I, the I was was a tablet kind of thing. I forgot what it was called. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, sometimes. Sometimes these things take a long time for us to get into and to process. And, you know, I think speed, speed is where an entrepreneur has an advantage over anyone else in business. Mm. What keeps the Fortune 500 stuck a lot of times, why you hear, um, you know, I like to use Sears as a great example. Because mm. what's funny is what killed the Sears robot company was as they couldn't adapt into basically being what they were when they very beginning. Because if you want to think about it, the Sears and Robot Company, Sears was the original internet. Oh, catalogs, you, yeah. You grew up with that catalog. That was the original internet. The catalog came to you, and you went through and picked out pictures. If you were like me, you folded down pages, you circle things, and said, I want this thing. And right. for me, I remember it was the Sears and Robot catalog. It was the USS Flag aircraft carrier, G.I. Joe. 
<laughs> if you go to my Instagram feed, you can see my, the very first picture on my Instagram when I finally said, oh, all right, I'll play along with Scram. Um, is me as a child sitting with the USS flag um, aircraft carrier. But man, like, but what Sears and Robot couldn't do is they couldn't get back to what made them as a company mm. because they got so bogged down in like having garages and battery companies and tire companies. And, you know, th- they were the original internet. And in fact, what if you look at what Amazon is doing, Amazon is basically just recreating Sears. Mm. They're turning point. Whole Foods into Sears again. You're going to be able to go to, you're going to be able to go to it. You can go to an Amazon and pick up stuff. Uh, you can have your stuff brought to a Whole Foods or different places. You can go to, there's a mall, there's, they're testing kind of mall stores that are kind of mini little showrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, you're starting in all the catalog was this curation. Um, and that's curation has been the game that it's been in is what can you tell people what they tell people what they want and what, what they want and they'll do it. Right. And most of us can't give really clear instructions to tell people how to re- how people can respond to us. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm constantly tweaking and, you know, what I want you to do. I want you to buy my book, making elephants fly. I want you to come to the thing. If you come to the thing, or maybe even before, I'd love to help you as a coach. That's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's simple. Um, most of us just don't know how to tell people what to do. And consume, when consumers are confused, you know what they do? Nothing. Right. Um, and a lot of and the, the same thing happens with business leaders. When we're confused at what to do, when we're confused with the message, you know, Sears got so, so entangled on like attracting like the Kardashians to do a clothing line. If you think about it, the people that watch the Kardashians, 100% promise, aren't in the Sears Robux. You know, guaranteed. like guaranteed, 100% chance. Um, but for some reason, they got all like caught up in that. They got caught up in the sexy rather than like going old school. And I think what you're going to see, if you want me to predict anything, I think you're going to see a lot of these old school, you know, I've been listening to uh, some old Napoleon Hill stuff lately, mm-hmm. um, like his audio stuff, which is crazy when you listen to it, because it's like it's people have uploaded it to YouTube off of like 45 records. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, see, because you could hear the needle in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, man, it is just, it's nuts that the principles that have worked for hundreds of years still work today. Yeah. Um, it comes down to what you teach, relationships and revenue. It comes down to, are you willing to invest time in people? And if you invest, if you give enough, Zig Ziglar, if you give people what, if you give enough people what they want, you'll get what you want. For sure. Oh, and yeah. that, if you can show up and try to be someone that adds value to people, that's a habit. That's another habit every leader should be in. Just mm-hmm. go and add value to people. That was your original question. That's right. That's right. I apologize for the for the long rabbit troubles. We, we would That's have right. one of those. That's but, all right. Uh, um, so this is kind of a uh, a two part question, and this is uh, this is kind of like our wrap up before we get to our final four. And it's this: so what do you have coming up that you can share with us, Terry? And how can folks find and connect with you? So the best place to connect with me is at terryweaver.com. Okay. Um, the things website is thething.live. Um, the thing will be in Orlando, Florida, the first weekend of November. Um, the thing Nashville, I can tell you it will be, um, the first weekend in June. Okay. Um, and it's for people who want to be authors, speakers. Um, we got, we got some fun words to go with that, that I'll be able to share later this week. You'll be, you'll see and go, Oh, now I know what you're talking about, Terry. Um, but yeah, man, those are the, those are the things. And I, you know, and I've, I've got a couple other things that were kind of in the works on, um, this is a season of launching things for me. I, my word of the year is elevate because I know okay. I'm in a season of launching some things and I want, I don't just want to elevate my business. I want to help other people, all the people around me rise at the same time. I want to help them elevate. Excellent. 
Okay. Um, because I really believe in the, you know, that old school, you know, a rising tide rises all ships and absolutely, you know, and that's just not in the water. That's also in the air. And I want people around me just to level up and to step into what they've been designed to do. And so, you know, sure. I'd love you to buy my book, but what I really want you to do is do what you've been put on this earth to do and get to work at doing it. Because then if you're doing that, I can help you. I can help you by, you can afford to come to, you can afford to come to Orlando. You can afford to come to Nashville. You can afford to, to get a coach. You can afford to do these things because you're taking action. Um, man, get, get in the habit of taking action on the things that you really want. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we're wrapping up now. We're coming up to our final four. Do you have anything else that you want to share with us before we get to the final four? Man, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, it's fun to talk about relationships because I don't think enough people are putting enough value on building relationships mm. and the power that it has. Um to translate, um, into the bottom line of our business for sure. Um, and I think, um, if everyone that listened to the show would just double down on the strategic relationships they do have and growing some new ones, mm. um, we would be talking about a different, they'd have a different life in 2023. Uh, sure. That they would be stepping into new things if they just invested in, um, getting, getting the coaching they need, getting the clarity they need to know where they're going. Um, and getting the people surrounding them that can help them get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're ready for our final four. Are you ready? I, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Okay. I don't know where we're going. But we're doing four quick questions. Just tell me four the first thing questions. that pops in your head. Okay. And Let's I will go. tell you that the first question is probably the hardest of the four. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Uh, why did God create Terry? God created Terry to help and serve people step into to who they were designed to be that wasn't that hard good for you i do, i've had other people really struggle with it so well because i've spent a lot of energy figuring out the answer and i spent a lot of my time help people answer that question well that's um, good and that's i would tell the people to listen to this podcast that if if you can't answer that question call and get some help get a code yeah. right like <laughs> yeah. because if you don't know the answer to why you're here mm-hmm. um i love the purpose-driven life by rick warren because the mm-hmm. first the first sentence I always, I've met Rick and I was like, Hey, do you, I, I just want to tell you like this, if, if people would just read the first sentence of your book and ignore the rest, he's like, well, I don't want them to do that. But I was like, honestly, the 20 bucks people are going to spend on that book is worth the first sentence. And the first sentence is, this is not about you. Yeah. And, um, as soon as you can realize that, that, that you have a bigger purpose here and that you have the ability to like help people and to steer people to something amazing, man, life gets good. Yeah, it does for sure. All right. Question number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Ted Lasso. Just finished watching that. <laughs> Love that answer. Oh my gosh. I, I got to say this about Ted Lasso real quick. You want a, a full blown master's level course on leadership? Watch that show. Yep. And because um, leadership is self-belief and getting others to believe. Mm-hmm. Leaders have to believe first and leaders have to have the ability to help other people um, believe in the one thing you said you wanted to talk about. I'm going to break your rules. Okay. It's supposed to be rapid fire. You said you wanted to talk about Walt Disney. I forgot to of, mention Walt, didn't I? Yeah. And so, you know, like the, the thing with Walt Disney is um, most people don't know this, but, but Walt, when, when, when the Magic Kingdom opened in Orlando, Florida in 1971, Walt Disney had, had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um Long, long, a couple of years before that, um, his, his brother actually died about three weeks after he read the dedication. Um, they literally wow. killed him to build his brother's theme park. 
Mm. But uh, on the opening day of that of that dedication ceremony, they say it was, you know, I think it was October 25th is when they dedicated the Magic Kingdom. Um, the story is, is that most of the time this story is credited to to Walt's wife, Lillian. Um, sometimes people credit it. You know, it's one of those it's one of those stories of uh, of lure. Um, you know, it's kind of got some mythology around it. But but it's said that somebody came up and to, to Mrs. Disney and said, don't don't you wish Walt could have seen this? Um, and her answer was, yeah, but, but you know what? He did see it. And that's why we're here today mm. because everyone else saw Swampland and Walt Disney saw the magic kingdom. Mm. And, um, if there's anything that, that happens on every episode of Ted Lasso, it's that yellow sign, the tongue in the locker room. It plays a significant role in the end of season two. Yes. But if you can believe in vision and whatever that is you're put on earth. If, that last question that John asked me is one of the, is a great, it's one of the best questions I've been asked in a podcast. Um, that if you can figure out why you're here and you know that you believe in something, if you can, if you can get other people to rally around that belief, whatever that is, man, we'll be talking about you too after you're gone. Mm, very cool. Question number three, and this, you can consider this a two-part question. What do you do for fun? And what do you do for fun with Leslie? Uh, mostly men, we, we, Leslie and I like to travel. Okay. Um, my answer to the fun question is a little interesting. In fact, we both actually struggle with this because I love what I do, man. Mm -hmm. My work is fun. I work with people I love. I'm serving the people that I care deeply about. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've spent three or four days. I vacation at Walt Disney world, but I spent three or four days with clients coaching them at Walt Disney world in the last 60 days. That's fun. <laughs> like my conference is at Walt Disney World. I mean, and, you know, I get to see people step into um, I'm horrible at golf. I mean, obviously, you look at my office, right? It's like a it's like a, a kid, you know, a two year old, a five year old play, playground in here. Um, <laughs> I live for fun. I like to watch movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not I'm, I don't have Leslie's trying knitting right now. But for the most part, like we we like to travel. Vacations are kind of our. Which has actually kind of been made the pandemic really difficult on us. Yeah. Um, because we are big. I have a big, you must get it. We must get away for two weeks, a, a long, at least two weeks. And we must get away once a quarter. Mm, mm -hmm. That's kind of been a rule in our marriage just because for almost our entire marriage, I've been traveling and speaking. Oh, okay. um, and so we've made very much a work hard, play hard. Mm. Um, and it's something we do even when we can't afford to do it because we know we can't afford not to. Um, oh, okay just because it's such a it's such a big part of what we do and just getting away so we actually have a we're supposed to go to jamaica here in a couple of weeks hopefully hopefully we'll uh we'll make it happen we're kind of watching updates every day on yeah on on, on the little bit of news that we're allowing ourselves to consume just like uh -huh. let's read let's read this the current rules and requirements okay we're still good you know yeah. like very good all right and the final question what are you most grateful for Man, I'm grateful that I do get to do work that I love. Mm. I'm grateful to the fact that I get to choose how I spend my time. Mm. And um, time is the only thing that we can't get more of. That's right. You can get more money. You can get another house, get another car, get new clothes. You can't get new time. You can't get more time. You can't get your past back. Um, I have the power to create my own future. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to do that for myself and help other people do it. Love that. Love that. Well, Terry, thank you so much, man, for your time. Uh, it was so great to be able to connect with you on here this way, to be able to 
well, quite honestly, for me to be able to share you with my audience. Well, dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, because I I've wanted to share you with my audience for a while and I've been a few times in the past, it didn't really work out, but I'm glad it did this time because you have a lot to say. And I think the folks who are going to hear this are going to maybe hear some things either in a different way or hear something for the first time that's going to be like, man, I'm different because I heard that. I can't unhear that now. I mm -hmm. have to do something with that. And that's one of the things I love most about you is that you bring that out in people. And so I want to say thank you for doing that. Did I receive that? That's good. That's a good, um, it's a, it's a nice way of saying you're annoying. <laughs> um, and I know, no, I mean that. And I mean that. And I, and I, I accept that dude, because I want, you know, I, we, you and I have spewed a lot of words in this episode and I, I hope that I've said enough that will, that will law dislodge some people from where they're at. Mm. Um, and that's, that's a. That's something I want to spend more time doing of, of, of my time here on this earth is dislodging stuck people. Hmm. Um, and a lot of people are stuck. Life has, life has dealt them a bad hand. Hmm. And if we can get unstuck and step into what we were designed to do and what we only, only us can do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, and I, I hope you cannot hear it. I, I hope, I hope it wakes you up tonight. I hope it causes some discomfort that you need to step in to, who God has designed you to be mm. and who, who you have been put here to help because here's the reality that I think all of us have to wrestle with. It's kind of my closing thought, John, is we have been given a task and, um, my buddy McNair says, um, has this amazing quote. Um, I'm going to pause, I'm going to look it up and then I'm going to say it. So your editor's going to hate me or you're going to hate me if you edit your own channel. <laughs> We're doing great, man. So don't sweat that at all. So my friend McNair has this amazing quote that I've talked about. And he says, if you don't do you, you doesn't get done and the world is incomplete. Mm. So there is a God sized hole in the world. Literally, if you don't do what he's designed you to do. Mm. So man, go and do that and get to doing that. As soon as you can, you have zero control about what you haven't done in the past, but you have every bit of control over what you will do with that information in the future. Definitely. Well, again, thank you, Terry, for being here. Certainly appreciate your time doing that. And thank you all viewers and listeners for being here. Because as you know, I love having you here. I love having you participate in what we're trying to do here. And again, your most precious resource, your time. I don't take that for granted. So thank you for investing some of that with us today. You guys take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.